I'm Kate Daniels. Life is about choices and planning, and when it comes to education, it's no different but vitally important. It's about our kids' future, which ripples out to a greater big future for everyone. So we have Luke Miner, the director of WA 529, Washington State's College Savings Plans, here to share the details and provide the direction to get started if we haven't yet done so. Luke Miner, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us once again. Thank you so much, Kate. Always a pleasure to have a good conversation with you. We always have great conversations. There's just no question about that, about life, about kids. And then it kind of then funnels into what makes really good sense is the Washington State tuition savings programs. And we'll get into the details of what those are. But, you know, connecting those with kids and life, I mean, it is a kind of a natural connection, isn't it? It definitely is. There's a lot to consider when when raising kids and uh, certainly attending to their their future dreams and goals and helping them get there is a big part of that. And that's what we're here to help Washington families do. And that is so important. I, we've seen just so much tumultuousness over the for a long time. And then more recently, the last three years have really had their ups and downs. The thing with WA 529 is it really gives us, don't you feel, this almost like a security blanket? I would agree with that. Uh, we we call it the peace of mind factor. It it helps families kind of set a course early when their their children are young, get a savings habit developed for saving for future higher education expenses. And again, yeah, really that security blanket peace of mind to know that you're taking that proactive measure to, again, help support your students in their dreams. So the hope being that not only will they uh, have the opportunity to pursue a higher education and something that will lead them to their uh, dream career, but it also will ease the burden of paying for that and uh, with the end goal of reducing the need for student loans. And we all know there's those are making big headlines and there's a lot of work going on to figure out what to do about that looming crisis of student loan debt. Uh, but obviously there's a long ways to go in resolving that. So in the meantime, one of the best things a family can do is to to plan ahead and, and minimize the impact that that will have on their their student when it's time for, time for college or, or other higher education pursuits. Yes, and in keeping that in mind that it's college or the various channels of higher education. Let's just take a moment to talk about habit, though. You were saying, you know, get in the habit of saving at a at an early age. I think we overlook how much habit pl- plays into our life, regardless of what it is we do. So to make it a good habit of saving, once we get that established, it becomes routine and we don't even notice it, Right. That, that's exactly right. So, you know, habits can be some of the hardest things to form and some of the hardest things to break. And so we like those habits definitely to involve that that saving and planning and just overcoming that initial inertia of, you know, if you have all these day-to-day things you're trying to keep up with, you know, day-to-day expenses, and, and I get it. Um, I've been experiencing that myself over the last, you know, two and a half going on three years. And it is hard to find those moments, but that's the important thing is to get that habit set because then it's easy to maintain that habit. So that's what we're here to do is help families overcome that inertia, get those savings efforts started, and then make them habits that are just happening. And they just kind of go on like clockwork, and it just makes everything easier from there forward. 
And let's just one more thing, or there may be more, but just thinking in terms of habits. And there's really this really wonderful little tidbit about even making a habit of saving $5 a day, which we know many of us, or at least some of us, can easily spend on a coffee every day. By saving $5 a day, what does that accumulate to? If I remember right, it's about $18,000 and that's not even account and that's over 18 years. That's not even accounting for any growth that you would see in an account, uh, such as a 529 account, which is what we're talking about today. So just that power of that intentionality of, uh, reducing those expenses or, uh, reduce, you know, looking for those small opportunities to free up additional money to put into a savings. It doesn't have to be this huge burden for a family uh, to be saving. Exactly. When we think about $5 a day, and as I mentioned, easily found in coffee or some of the other habits that are maybe not the healthiest for us. And I mean, it doesn't mean you can't occasionally do it. But And I was just going to mention, as I looked up uh, that particular uh, fact on 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 uh, some materials that you had sent me, the $5 a day is 10 years only. You're right. Yeah, That's right. I, I was doing 18 Yeah. Oh, because... 18,000, right? It's 18,000 yes. over 10 years, right? Yeah. So so it's even so, that uh, greater, to, you know, to think in 10 years mm-hmm. to save that much. Exactly. And again, that's, that's you know, just in today's dollars, that's not even factoring in any account growth you would get uh, by having those savings there. And we all know the the value of compound interest and how that that does a lot of the work for you as well. So that's that's just that much more of your money that you're freeing up and putting into this. And then there are benefits beyond that of, of the account growth. Uh, and it, it differs depending on which program you choose. And I'm sure we'll dive a little bit deeper into kind of what we offer at WA529. We offer two different great ways for families to save for these college expenses. But um, yeah, uh, we can get into that if uh, at whatever point you think makes well, sense. Well, we, and I was thinking that this is a good point a time to do that uh, because I think some of us may have been aware of it, but it wasn't relevant maybe, or, uh, you know, just various things happen in our life. All of a sudden we're thinking, oh, I have kids. We need to think about their future. So let's delve into what the plans are. Definitely. So the state of Washington offers two college savings plans. One is called the Guaranteed Education Tuition or GET program, and one is called the Dream Ahead College Investment Plan. And both of these plans are what are known as 529 plans. So they offer federal tax benefits. So all the money you put into an account grows tax-free and remains tax-free when you use it for qualified expenses. And qualified expenses are pretty broadly defined. Um, Many people think it's just for tuition, but it can include uh, room and board, books and supplies, computers, uh, even tools associated with apprenticeship programs. And we can get into more on the areas where you can use this. You know, we say college savings, but college, you know, we're recognizing that that needs to be much more broadly defined these days because not every student, you know, the the four-year university track is not for every student, nor should it be. And we have adapted our thinking to make sure we're providing options that that accommodate anything after high school that a student would want to be pursuing to become career ready. But getting back to Get and Dream Ahead and what make them um, unique. So Get is what's known as a prepaid tuition program. It's been available in the state of Washington since 1998. And we've helped tens of thousands of students cover um, about a billion and a half in college expenses. Um, which is which is pretty phenomenal impact. And that's all those efforts of families uh, making this decision early to save for their students' future education. So the GET program is prepaid tuition. So it's you can think of it like tuition insurance, 
a little bit different than your typical investment program. It, it works more like a defined benefit or an insurance program where you prepay the cost of future tuition. And then no matter how much it changes in the future, the state of Washington guarantees you've already prepaid or covered that expense. Now, Dream Ahead is our newer option that we began offering in 2018, and it's a set of investment-based options. You can tell us how old your child is and pick a portfolio that automatically adjusts over time. That's kind of the set and forget it peace of mind approach. Let us do the work for you. Or based on your risk tolerance uh, for you know stocks versus bonds, you can construct your own portfolio out of what we call our static options. So, so what you get on Dream Ahead is you you aren't getting the state guarantee, but you are getting to participate in in the market. And you know, it it, it ends up being a really good option for families who have that comfort. You know, they might be familiar with four hundred one k plans for their retirement savings, and already have that comfort with investment based products. And they may just want more options, or maybe they have a shorter savings horizon uh, than they would maybe choosing GET, because GET tends to work very well for families with very young children. It can work for older students, but we find that families with an older student tend to like the dream ahead option. So, so what we're trying to do in the state of Washington is provide multiple ways for families to save for that expense, tailor it to the type of vehicle they're interested in, GET. You can think more peace of mind, state guarantee, predictability. Dream ahead, you have that additional flexibility. There's the potential for higher returns depending on which options you choose, but inherently there's more risk because it's not guaranteed by the state. But but both programs uh, appeal differently to different savers, and some savers want to participate in both. They and we they're not mutually exclusive. You can be doing both options if you kind of want to spread things around and not have everything in one one basket. So. However, family choose to save for their college expenses, there's a good chance the state of Washington has an offering that will uh, meet their needs. And I think that's what has happened with the Dream Ahead program is it really broadened the option. So it essentially is covering most, if not all, bases. Definitely. And, you know, even our, our mandate when the legislature created this program was to provide ways for families to save towards the full cost of college. Because we know college comes, there's more than just tuition. There's tuition, there's room and board and the other expenses that I mentioned. And so these two programs can work together for families. You know, the reality is that most families won't be able to save enough to cover the full cost of college. And that's okay because we don't want families to think about that. And, you know, one of the the things that is hard for to get started sometimes if you're overwhelmed by something, if you're facing this daunting, like it's going to cost how much. And so that's where we want to break it down for folks and think about things like the $5 a day and how much that can add up to and the recognition that most most families will need to pay uh, through a variety of means to pay for a college education. Most families aren't able to pay it out of pocket. They're not able to pay it, save enough to cover the full bill. But that's why there are things like the Washington College Grant that our state offers that many students, a large percentage of students in our state would qualify for, and that's free money from the state to uh, pursue higher education. Um, and they've made it more generous in recent years too. So. There's a variety of financial tools out there to help families pay for college costs. And we just want families to know about the savings component that's this very proactive piece and kind of putting the future in your own hands. And even if you can't save for that full cost, which again, most families can't, you know that it's kind of filling that gap that could otherwise be filled by student loans for a lot of families. But there is a lot of other resources such as grants and scholarships available to students as well. And along that line, 
is thinking about uh, seeing yourself as your broader family. Uh, so often we have friends and, and other family members who are wanting to gift our children. There's probably nothing more uh, rewarding, I think, than participating then in that young person's life than adding whatever you were going to spend on some trinket. And you can still get a little trinket, but put more of the funds into their education. Definitely. And and we, yeah, we say that the gift of education is one that lasts a lifetime. That is truly the gift that we'll keep on giving for years to come and isn't going to break or be discarded or be outgrown, you know, in a year or two. Uh, so it's a great gift. You're right for for families to to get involved, and not only that, it is just bringing that morning that many more people uh, that that love this child around them and lifting them up and supporting them and helping them pursue their ambitions. And that's one of those really powerful aspects of college savings plans that there is research that's been done for the last decade and a half on this that that look at outcomes for students who know that there's someone actively saving for their future. It help students build a college going identity at a young age and be exposed to this, this idea and this conversation. And so they're more likely to go on and graduate high school, pursue higher education, and ultimately get a credential uh, that connects them with a good paying job. And so that's really exciting. It's emerging research because they've been doing longitudinal studies with students who, who were basically had a contribution made on their behalf. And there was uh, a lot of conversation happening with them about what they want to do in the future and they, they followed these kids along and, and they're starting to find really promising results about outcomes for those students and, and things such as maternal health and welfare too. Uh, it, it helps the parents too uh, in, in their journey raising their, their child. So it's really exciting that beyond just the financial impact it can make for families, it can have uh, change trajectories for students and their ambitions. And that, as you had mentioned earlier on, it is college, but it may be various other kinds of educational institutions, which might also help parents feel that much more positive because uh, knowing that these options exist for their kids, but there also might be a family business or a family trade that's been going on and the child is exhibiting some talents in that direction. These funds can be used toward that kind of education. Yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah, we hadn't gotten into too much detail yet about what higher education means in the context of 529 plans, but it's becoming more and more broad. So again, we've we've called these historically college savings plans, but really you can think of them as like education and, and career training uh, savings. So, you know, certainly four-year university, graduate school, community college, technical college, trade school, uh, apprenticeship programs, I did mention that tools, for example, are uh, an expense you can cover, but there are other things uh, involved with apprenticeship programs, um, such as like classroom time you need for for certain uh, disciplines, and then also a cert certain certificate programs you can use. And, and we're working at the federal level on expanding what certificate programs 529 plan funds can cover, but there's already a variety of those that they can cover. So again, the idea is, you know, most students to get... Um, the kind of well-paying job that they they want or their dream job, there is going to be some after high school, you know, education or technical training they're going to need. And there's a good chance your 529 funds can be used for that. So families have that peace of mind that they're, even though we don't know what a five-year-old child will ultimately want to do uh, with their career ambitions, there is that flexibility for them to pursue pursue that no matter where their dreams take them.
And, and hopefully that alleviates concerns people have because we do often get people questioning, well, what if my child decides not to go to school? What, what then? And, and we reassure folks that there is a lot of flexibility in the usage of funds. Worst case scenario is you can transfer funds to a family member who could use these funds uh, for those expenses. Um, or you can even refund the money later on and you would lose the tax benefits, but it's money you've saved and have grown over time. So we always encourage families to you know, first wait and see what the child's ambitions are, what they want to pursue, because uh, there's a good chance that they're going to end up taking a pathway where they can put these funds to use. But there are options for them uh, with those funds that have grown over time if it comes to, you know, they either get or get a scholarship and get everything covered, which we know not everyone gets that full ride scholarship, um, you know, or or they decide to pursue a pathway that, that just doesn't, they can't put the funds to use. There are a lot of ways that you can still put the, the money to use first uh, education. And the thing is, even with uh, having a full scholarship, partial scholarships, these funds can be used for housing. It covers, uh, and books are, my goodness, they are so expensive anymore. These are costs that are so significant. These funds, I can't imagine that they wouldn't really be just, you know, such a feeling of, of comfort and that security blanket. Exactly. And a really interesting thing about the room and board aspect is there are a lot of students who, um, you know, they don't live on campus or they need to, you know, be creative with their housing situation to be able to afford it. Um, the nice thing is that room and board isn't just a traditional living on campus sense. You can cover rent, you can cover groceries. There are a variety of expenses that people may not automatically think of that if they're enrolled in a college or some form of higher education that they can use funds towards those housing expenses. So that's that's really nice. And like I said, does provide that peace of mind. And in the, um, you know, it is common for students to get scholarships, but it's much less common for students to get the full ride that covers every expense. And, and that's why we don't want families to, to put all their eggs in that basket of banking on scholarships or full financial aid. Same with financial aid is we have a very, very generous financial aid program in the state of Washington. And for some students, it can completely cover their tuition so there are some that would would call that a free college program, but you know we've been careful not to call it that because so as not to be misleading because we know there are the other expenses associated with it. So at the end of the day, there are uh, again, as I, I shared earlier, there are a lot of the nice thing is there's a lot of support out there by the state, by different colleges and higher education institutions, but it's never going to hurt a family to supplement that with their savings. And it's just setting them up that much better to not need to rely on the borrowing aspect, which is, again, what our real target is, is to reduce the bar, any borrowing needed to pay yeah, for those expenses. Because currently the tuition debt that uh, a young person graduates with is it's just a, a mountain. It feels like it would be, you know, carrying that mountain on your shoulders once you start off on your career path. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I think we're at about 1.7 trillion right now in student loan debt, one of the highest forms of consumer debt that's out there. And it is a, a, a real challenge for students uh, leaving college and entering the workforce and even wanting to start their own family. And, you know, there are countless parents I know that still are saddled by their own student loan debt. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it that much harder to think, you know, to the next phase, the next generation of saving for their own students. But that's also very motivating and inspiring for a lot of parents that are have their own student debt. They see that they don't want their students to experience the same thing. And so they're making that commitment to start those savings efforts early. And if you 
happen to be a parent who ultimately the child decides, oh, they're not going to go to college. Maybe they go to a trade college. Then there are funds left over. There's always that potential to pursue some of your own dreams that you didn't have a chance to do. That's exactly right. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, kids, but but these funds can be used by anyone, you know, and someone can save for themselves to go back to school. So whether that's, like you said, using unspent funds that you had intended for your child, or if your original intent is to say five years from now, I want to scale up, I want to go pursue something else, you can start a 529 account for yourself and save for those expenses as well. And another really good thing is that you can use these funds to repay existing student loan debt. And that's not, we don't intend for that to be a primary use for a 529 plan, but it just represents the flexibility. Again, if you happen to have additional funds that you didn't end up needing for your student, you could uh, direct that money towards repaying your own student loan debt. So. And that so again, is, over time, we, that's I'm something sorry, new. That is something new, isn't it? Uh, being able to repay your own uh, student loan debt. It is. It's new within the last couple of years, and that was a new federal regulation that that went through. And and again, that was in response to feedback from constituents saying that they wanted more flexible use of the funds. And um, you know, we do see that where a student has gotten a, a generous scholarship, where uh, maybe the family still has had to dip into their five to nine funds, but they didn't need all of it, and so families wanted more options of what to do in those kinds of situations. So. So yeah, the apprenticeship programs and the student, the ability to repay student loans kind of came into existence at about the same time. And that was about, I think it was two years ago in 20, at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. So almost three years ago now, but it's still very new and we're still out there trying to educate folks on, on the flexible usage. And as I shared, we have more, more, more to go as far as the things we want to make sure to get approved. Cause our goal is to, again, reduce those barriers or even perceived barriers for families of not feeling locked in of not having these options when they're student, uh, because we don't know at a young age what a student's ultimately going to pursue. And so continuing to open up the usage of these plans so that families have that peace of mind, knowing that they're going to get the tax benefit um, for using it for a variety of different expenses. And that's always the important thing is that there, there are tax benefits to this, and it's most beneficial when you use them for those qualified education expenses. But this act of saving is powerful no matter, you know, that aside, even if plans drastically change and you have to tap into those funds for another reason, which is never the ideal option, but we know things come up. That's still money you've saved and has grown over time. And uh, I don't know anyone who's regretted uh, making those efforts and being prepared. Absolutely. And and that, I mean, we, we couldn't even say enough about that. And I have seen over the years of having the opportunity to speak with you, Luke, and with your predecessor, how this has really continued to grow. It's, it's organic because it's not just a program. It's carved in stone. It, the fact that it's, it really keeps on moving forward and upward and outward, I think really it should instill confidence in us to pursue it. Now, there is so much information. We're here to try and pique that information, encourage people. So to get more, though, more than what we can cover in a short half hour, where should people go for that? Yeah, the best uh, stop, first stop for people to make is 529.wa.gov. Uh, it has information on both Get and Dream Ahead, how they can work together, how they're similar, how they're different. Uh, and then it also provides the who who to call if you want to talk to a live person that's super knowledgeable on this. And I can also give that number, 800-955-2318. Uh, that's our customer service team. 
um, for the GET program, they can also help connect you to the folks uh, with the Dream Ahead plan too. Um, but yeah, whether you want to talk to a live person, we can even set up uh, teams, you know, in this virtual age, we can set up teams or Zoom meetings with you if you want your questions answered face-to-face -face with someone. So we try to make it really approachable, but the best first stop is 529.wa.gov. Perfect. So be sure to note that and check that out. And this is a good season to be doing that. You know, we're in this gifting season this month of December, and we alluded to the fact of that's one way to let family and friends know you've got this program that family can contribute to it and help this child uh, along to their future path. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and the great thing is these plans are really flexible of how the account's structured. It can be the parent who owns the account and they put out a, kind of a call to family members to gift to this account instead of the, the gifts this year, or, you know, as you suggested as a supplement, right? You might, you know, we do that in our family for my nieces and nephews and then the family members for our daughter is that, yeah, we'll still get some toys for the kids, but we'll put a bigger uh, amount into the college savings and instead of buying as many toys. And, and that's worked out really well. And that's that kind of community aspect of, uh, or um, I'm trying to think of the word here, just that collective impact of everyone working together to lift up this child. And it really makes an impact on the amount you're able to save too. So those are the top ways that we find that families are able to build up their savings over time is the consistent efforts. Keep at it on a regular basis. You can set up ongoing monthly payments or or and I should say, get the family members involved uh, and have other people saving. But uh, the part I didn't share is that even you know grandparents or folks unrelated to a child is you might have a special child in your life that you really care and want to help support and grow. You can open an account uh, no matter what your relationship is to the student. Uh, so that's provides again flexibility, and that's what we're going for. Is you know family compositions are different. We know. Parents discover these options at different ages of their children. Not everyone's saving for a child. They may be saving for themselves. So we try to make it really flexible in how you can use the plans, how you can structure the account ownership, all of those things. And the ultimate goal is to make those regular efforts over time, get others involved, and watch, watch those efforts work for you into the future. Everything that we've talked about is, to me, such common sense and... And we can make it work at whatever level, just as we were talking about a few dollars a day, but, you know, it might be per week. It all just really adds up over time. Do you get recently any kind of question or, or pushback, Luke, because of uh, all this discussion about the student loan forgiveness plan program? Well, no, talk. It's all talk right now. You know, we do get questions. And then also there's the question that comes up of what if college tuition is free? Because in past years, we've had those discussions as well. But what we've seen play out is it's a challenge. It's like, it's a big problem. And I anticipate that something's going to be, ultimately something's going to have to be done to help unbury families from this debt burden. But even in the proposal that's been put forward and now has been put on pause, that was not a relieving of all student loan debt. It was a certain amount of existing student loans. So you know, for better, or for worse, that is going to be a lasting a tool that's out there for families. You know, we would love that no one ever has to take on debt to pay for a college education. But the reality that we're seeing is that's going to be with us for a long time. And again, there's saving money ahead of time and not getting into that position where you have to borrow money. And then maybe there is something on the table. You know, there's been, for example, student loan forgiveness programs in existence for a long time, if you pursue a particularly in demand career and that kind of thing. But those are all things you don't know 
ahead of time going into it. And so, you know, we always encourage families to not put your fate in, in the hands of those what ifs and, and take those actions now and do what you can. And again, I, I don't know a family who's regretted doing their college savings and the impact it's made, but it is a, a real a thing we're wrestling with. That's a challenge. And we're trying to be um, upfront with what we know about the information and yeah, anything could happen in the future, but that, but that's also to us, a really important reason to be saving. We don't know what'll happen in the future. And so making those efforts ahead of time to be prepared and plan ahead aren't going to steer you wrong. There's no way to lose with that. You're only going to benefit in the long run because there's so much flexibility in the program as to how to use these funds onto higher education. Because if your bachelor's degree, for instance, is paid for, the tuition can be used for further education for a master's, correct? That's right. That's right. We do see families. Um, I know someone, for example, whose daughter ended up being on a volleyball scholarship and was one of those lucky few who did get a lot of their undergraduate covered, but she was immediately able to put the funds to use in graduate school. And so, and again, if a student's pathway doesn't even take them through the traditional, you know, university or graduate school angle, there's apprenticeship programs, there's trade and technical schools. Again, there's so much flexibility in the way that these funds can be used. And you know, the key is something after high school. We know that most jobs will require something after high school. What that training looks like, you know, that depends on the student and what their ambitions are. But there's a good chance those 529 funds will be able to put to use to maximize that tax benefit. Worst case scenario is you can transfer it to a student that's a family member of the original student you were saving for who could use a prior education. Or you can take that non-qualified withdrawal that would have tax implications, but it's still money that's yours that you've saved and has grown over time. And again, for lots more information, the website to check is? 529.wa.gov. Great. Well, Luke Miner, as always, it's just so wonderful to spend time with you to get the insights into something that is so important to all of our lives beyond just us personally. It ripples out into the community and ultimately the world. So thank you for your time and your insights and sharing all that you are able to in this short period of time. It's been wonderful. Likewise to you, Kate. It's always a pleasure. And thank you for helping us get out the word and doing the important work you do. You're so welcome.